fellow movie lovers, and welcome to Cult Fiction, a podcast where we re-examine Hollywood's redheaded stepchildren. As a redheaded stepchild myself, I'm Stephanie Johnson. And I'm Andy Bowell, and today we are opening Hollywood's crypt to review Blood for Dracula. Or, as the trailer called it, Andy Warhol's Dracula. <laughs> so when we were looking for the movie um, on Tubi TV, we couldn't find, we kept oh, in same. typing yeah, yeah, Blood yeah. 4. And I was like, I, I almost texted you, Andy, this isn't on Tubi TV. And then he said, wait, there's Andy Warhol's Dracula. Is this what we're looking for? And I said, I guess it is. Yeah, that, uh, that should have been the first sign. <laughs> That should have been the first sign. Listeners, don't watch this movie. Yeah, I hope I hope you didn't. Um, I, I really hope you didn't. This is the worst movie. This is worse than Toxic Avenger. This is... You said this was the worst movie you've ever seen. It is the worst movie I've ever seen. I've watched a lot of terrible movies because I grew up kind of sheltered. And I feel like I watched a lot of terrible movies because the good movies were <laughs> rated R. And... This is the worst movie I've ever seen. This is, this is a <laughs> flaming pile of this. This is this is worse than Toxic Avenger without question. But like, like I just got to take you through the timeline. Like, so I finally find the movie and I, I put it on, and expectations are high. And like within twenty five minutes, I'm like, oh, 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 I wonder if this is going to be worse than Toxic. And by like the 50th minute mark i'm sitting there being like this is worse than toxy by an hour 10 i walk up without pausing the movie to go make a sandwich i i never do that what kind of sandwich did you make for our listeners (laughs) i made myself a turkey and cheese because i needed something good give me something good and it's a turkey and cheese sandwich hey oh hey (laughs) there's an episode of friends where they talk about specifically sandwich making in the middle of like very intimate moments. And Joey says, man, that's a good sandwich. And that was the only positive thing I could think about you watching this movie was that you made a good sandwich for yourself. Pretty much. Uh... So for those of you who very understandably skipped the movie, let me break it down. An aging Count Dracula has tapped out his local resources of blood and such and travels, along with his manservant Anton, to Italy. There, the pair are certain that they can find young virginal women due to the proximity and importance of the Catholic Church. What they find instead are the Di Fiore sisters, who are anything but virginal, and their sexually abusive houseboy Mario who discovers the Count's true identity. And I got to stop, like, like, so so you said understandably skipped the movie, and and we're going to, like, warn everybody we can not to see this thing, but, you know, we recorded these ahead of time, and, like, I, I was so caught off guard by how bad this was. You know, the, the whole yeah. marketing, Andy Warhol's Dracula, like... Okay, what I know about Andy Warhol, he's uh, an exceptionally zany queer icon and okay, this is going to be some really cool weird 70s art house version of Dracula and it's so 
epically bad. Yeah. And also, I mean, extreme content warning for our listeners. This yes. movie is filled with rape. Yes. Um, so if rape is at all sensitive for you, you might want to choose to listen to this podcast when you are in a safe place or choose to skip this episode. And we completely understand. Absolutely. Um, this is filled I expected some sexual violence because Dracula. it's a Dracula movie. Right. And biting is a really fantastic metaphor for rape. And it was ever since the idea of vampires became a thing. So I kind of knew that was happening going in. I did not expect this. Yeah, there's like a single consensual sexual encounter in a movie filled with sex. Like, yeah. And it's, 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 again, I'm trying to remember, I think it was Toxie, or no, 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 it was, it was Showgirls, we talked about the gratuitous and unnecessary uh, use of rape as a plot device in that movie, and it's the same exact thing here, like, he doesn't need to be raping anybody. No, and it's not Dracula raping anybody. Right, right. It's Mario, the sexually abusive houseboy. So it's not even the person you expect to be evil. It's this whole other person. Yeah. And I was, I was thinking about this today. Like, so the movie starts with this great, this, the the high point of the movie, it starts with like this five minute long scene that the credits play over of Udo Kier playing Dracula, applying makeup. And like Mm -hmm. that spoke to me and that was, Oh, okay, we're doing the sad, beautiful vampire thing 45 years before Twilight. And, oh, when you really think about it, isn't the notion of a vampire doing his makeup in the mirror so so haunting and beautiful? And we start off on Dracula and, like, he's our protagonist. But by the end of the movie, Mario has become the protagonist because he's the one who defeats Dracula. Mm-hmm. And that makes no sense. Right. Right. Uh, it doesn't go the places you want it to go. Right. Um, so this, I, I think, I think I can offer an explanation. I offer no excuses for this movie. It, it, it made me so angry. It doesn't deserve them, but here's the crazy thing about blood for Dracula mm-hmm. in the, in the seventies, specifically 1974, uh, director, Paul Morrissey is hanging out with Roman Polanski back in the seventies when that wasn't an important thing to do. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Who, who like has the idea of, Oh man, you should make a Frankenstein movie. That'd be, that'd be awesome. You'd be the perfect one to do this like really crazy, like X rated Frankenstein movie. And so Paul Morrissey gets a crew and he gets a bunch of money and he goes to Italy and he makes it and they wrap like a month early. And instead of doing what I would do, which is pocket the rest of the cash and go on vacation for a month, they decide let's just make another movie like the next day. Everyone got haircuts and they started on Blood for Dracula and they filmed it in like three weeks or something ludicrous like that. So this well, sure makes sense because this is the worst movie ever. Yeah, so of yeah. course it's rushed. Yeah, you 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 hear that and you're like, so many things make sense. The uh-huh. the, the bizarre script, the the weird ass conventions of everything, and like this, I don't know. This is a weird one. I I would read a book about the making of this movie because like 
apparently it, it caused an Italian tax scandal and like one of the producers claimed he was the director so that he could get a bunch of like film incentives or something. They, they instantly saw through that and the guy wound up going to jail. Um, oh my God. Someone had to for this movie. Yeah. And, and this is the topper on the cake, you know, Andy Warhol's Dracula. Um, yeah. When quoted about his contributions to the film, Andy Warhol said, oh, I go to the parties. <laughs> I love Andy Warhol so much. He didn't make this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I... I don't, I don't want much in the world. I just want to be the level of famous where I just show up at parties and get movies like attributed to my name. <laughs> yeah. Like, like his, his buddy, cause he was friends with Paul Morrissey. His buddy was like, Oh, this is a massive piece of shit. I gotta, how are we going to salvage this? Hey, Andy, can I put your name on this? Oh yeah. This is subversive and weird. Oh my God. Yeah. Subversive and weird. It is. Also, like, the fact that the opening scene is the high point and then it just crash dives from there. Yeah. It has terrible Italian accents. No one makes sense. The worst Italian accents. The worst Italian accents. The worst dialogue. There is one scene where, so Dracula and Anton drive to Italy. Yeah, by the way, not Renfeld. Anton. Anton. The man of the iron Who eyebrows. The hell is Anton? Drive to Italy. They get there. They're at this inn and they're trying to ask, you know, are there any good families with like good Christian girls nearby? Good Catholic girls. We want to meet their families. But the dialogue is so awful. There's one guy who starts every sentence with, but my God. So like three different times he says, but my God, how can you do that? But my God, this and this and this. And finally I was like, I am just over the way this guy talks. The script is terrible. The acting is terrible. It makes no sense. Ugh. Yeah. And apparently, apparently Roman Polanski's in that bar scene somewhere. Like that was, that was a, a cameo he did, which, you know, is one of the, um, one of the ways this movie just absolutely didn't age well is it has Roman Polanski in it. Social justice, one, two, three. I wanna be PC. It's just the way to be for me and you. Um, yep. The other being just the you know the the use of rape as a book as the use of rape as a good thing in regards to the plot. Yes. Yes. So we should get into that. Um, again, content warning, lots of rape talk. If you, if you need to turn this episode off, but Dracula's thing in this movie is that he needs virgin blood. I've never read that in any vampire lore I've ever read across my two literature degrees. I've never read about Dracula <laughs> needing to have virgin blood, but sure, it's fine. So Dracula needs virgin blood. So at one point in the movie, the premise becomes, well, you need to lose your virginity or else you'll become a vampire. And so rape is presented as an alternative to becoming a vampire. Right. And the climactic 
saving action and it is presented as a saving action whether whether mario is the hero or he's the villain and the villain wins either way it is black and white presented as a i need i'm going to rape you to save you from this thing yes which i'm not going to accept and I no. I barely feel qualified to cast an opinion on it, but my opinion is fuck that. That's awful. It is. It is truly awful. And there's the whole concept of the Dracula lore is one thing, but the ver- the need for virginity, the need for virgin blood, is nowhere in the original rules of Dracula. Dracula doesn't slut shame. Dracula doesn't give a crap. That's what makes him a monster. He doesn't care about who you are as a person. He will turn you. Um, Sexuality is inherently tied into the Dracula lore. But this weird virginity policing, purity praising Dracula leads to a lot of overt dichotomizing of women and their roles. And it basically leads to saying virgins good non-virgins bad so much so to the point where dracula at one point drinks a non-virgin's blood and he vomits it out like it's repellent to him right and if that was supposed to be like some sort of bit of the lore like i think i think i read in the wikipedia review of the synopsis that like it's supposed to like physically weaken him it's supposed to be poisonous and i mean I guess clearly instantly having a vomiting attack signifies that, but like, that's the kind of thing that you need a line of dialogue establishing. Sure. And they're, I mean, they need a line of dialogue establishing a lot of the rules and it never happens for us. So we never, this Dracula does a lot of things differently. First of all, he can go out in the sun. Right. And he looks like he's mildly hungover at best. That was the moment for me where it was like, oh, this is just a Twilight prequel. <laughs> I love the world where this Dracula is just like Edward's great, 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 great grandfather. Right. It's fine. But he also, at one point, Andy, he picks up a crucifix with his bare ass I hands. Know. It bothers and like, so much. The, the most important thing. So so you see that and you're like, okay, whatever. Vampire rules don't matter and they, they just need blood and that's the only rule we're following. But then there's a scene at the ending where he like walks into the, the church of the De Fiori house and he sees a picture of the Virgin Mary and he like hides his face from it and freaks out at it. So like, yes, pick, yes. pick one or the other. Pick, pick. And then they open, there's a big climactic scene where Mario, the evil, horrid manservant who's running around raping everybody, like, finds out Dracula is Dracula, knocks open his coffin, and his coffin doesn't have Transylvanian dirt in it, which is, like, a a very established thing. And no, it's just, like, this velvet-lined casket with a nice velvet pillow. So it's just real, it's real weird. The rules of the vampire in this role, he's also a vegetarian for some reason, which makes no sense. I don't get that. Because 
the original Dracula totally ate rats and stuff, like, all the time. Right. He has weird convulsions throughout the movie. It's very hit or miss. And, and mostly miss. I mean, at least at least for us. I, I read, I, I can't remember what it is to cite. Maybe I'll find it. Maybe I won't. But like, I read like a B movie reviewer guy who, you know, has watched like 500 B movies and he gave this pretty favorable reviews. And I was just like, bro, no, 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 no. There's nothing about this. The first shot is really great. And like, uh, that's about like, yeah, like, like, the moment the the moment the De Fiori sisters all took their tops off and you know exposed their bare breasts, I was like, okay, well at least we at least we get some TNA in this movie. But it managed <laughs> to ruin even that because half of it is through rape scenes. Yeah, yeah, and the the De Fiori sisters' relationships don't make sense to me either because their roles aren't. This movie is a movie of rules not being established. And the family rules don't make sense. The relationships aren't set up properly. The mom, as so Marquisa de Fiore walks in after her youngest, her oldest two daughters have been turned into non-communicative, quiet ghosts of girls because they've been bitten by... The vampire, but they haven't been turned because they're not virgins. Her youngest daughter just got raped, and she walks in while her daughter is getting raped and completely underacts. Like, oh, what's happening? What are you doing? Oh, my poor baby girl. It's so awful. Yeah, and I mean, she's presented to be this weird, like, this this status above all else kind of character, so... You know, you can almost kind of buy that she wouldn't care, but... But her daughter just got raped. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The the physics of Dracula don't make sense either. No, no, not at all. Like... He eats physical food. He... When his arms are cut off, he... Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> okay let's talk about that yeah. scene yeah by the way dracula this ends with dracula getting like vivisected and all of his limbs getting cut off like he's the freaking black knight from monty python <laughs> i'm so glad you wrote that that was the first thing you thought of because that i out loud said tis only a flesh wound right right <laughs> but then he spurts blood dracula shouldn't spurt blood there shouldn't be blood to spurt Right, even even within the context of the movie itself, even with Blood for Dracula's specific own rules, the dude's been starving for weeks. He shouldn't have blood. Yeah, no. Uh, no what else do we hate about this movie? I hate the accents. Like we we talked about it. But this movie made me sit here and question if I actually knew what an Italian accent sounded like. <laughs> and like each of the Fiori sisters seem to have like a different affectation of, of of an accent Italian or otherwise, none of them sound alike. Like the, the tran- the, the mock Transylvanian is really dumb. You know, Anton and Dracula keep looking for virgins, virgin blood. Mm-hmm. Answer. Mm-hmm. Like, I need you to tell me, Stephanie, why, why does virgin not get a W? Why does 
available or why does why does available get a w but very doesn't like those are what like there's anton has a line where he's like something uh, is is the count's room available he's very tired <laughs> and it's like what wait that makes no sense that makes no sense Unless there's some rule about, like, where the V is in the word. But virgin! He needs virgin blood! <laughs> He's very hungry 60, for virgin blood. When we're old, I want our one inside joke we remember to be, But he needs virgin blood! <laughs> Deal. My body can't take this treatment anymore. <laughs> Oh my gosh. What a weird movie. Yeah. So this feels like an okay point to talk about this. So so Mario. You know, yeah. we were very interested in the Marxist manservant Mario. We we said it five times fast. <laughs> we did. And he sucks. <laughs> He's the worst. He's the worst character like ever. Um Ugh. but so this was this was a guy, this was another friend of Andy Warhol's and Paul Morrissey's, and his name is Joe Delisandro. And this man has a career. Like I'd never heard of him, I'd never seen him before. But like it's it's crazy. This dude was a uh LGBT sex symbol of the 70s because he was like famously bisexual. He's huh. He like he was walking down the street and Andy Warhol saw him and was like instantly like you need to be in my movies. And like that's what? how they met. <laughs> what? Like Well, he does have a great ass. He's got though. an amazing ass. That's what I'm getting towards. Yeah, the man like he's hunkalicious. He's got a Calipigian uh, butt. Yes. Yes. I was like, I am not a fan of anything this man is doing, but my God, is his butt beautiful. Like, it, it, it's remarkable. It bears remarking on. <laughs> but, like, just, I don't, I, I don't get it. Like, this is your friend. Mm. This is your friend. And, I mean, yeah, sure, like, a, a, a good person can play a villain. I'm not going to sit here and say, like, it's outside of the realm of any capable actor to do evil abhorrent things but like just in the just in the casting of it like this is your buddy and you know every you you know he's a sex symbol this dude is like on a rolling stone album with his shirt off and that's the thing he's like most well known for like you know all this and and you make him you you make him the guy who tells a woman he's finished having sex with i'd rape the hell out of your sister Yep. Like that's casually. A that that's that's a line that's thrown yeah. away. Like, oh yeah, we got we got our take. We're good. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. That that happens. Mm. It's awful. It's 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 awful from a moralistic standpoint. It's my my delicate 2019 sensibilities are offended by this. It's but it's also just awful and that it's bad. This is the worst movie we've ever seen. It, it was a landmine and we stepped on it without even knowing. Yes. Uh the Hollywood Crypt man, it did us dirty this it time did. around. It was just a real a real nice juicy peach of a movie. 
it really really did this is this is the worst thing we haven't even talked about like the worst things the real moments of which there are a couple okay of which there are a couple first before we talk about that can we talk about mario as like this weird quasi marxist situation why no reason why no reason i think the reasoning might be that we're trying to see mario the movie like you said delicate 2019 sensibilities um i think the movie is trying to make the argument that he is the hero yeah i don't like it i don't want it but I think that's the argument the movie is trying to make with its 1970-whatever text. So, he's a Marxist. There's literally a sickle and hammer on his wall. He talks about how pretty soon everything's going to get overturned, just like everything happened in Russia. Pretty soon there won't be any rich families. Pretty soon the worksmen will inherit all of the wealth and everything will get overturned. Yeah, every every and, other line is just Marxist propaganda. Sure, and it's fine, but it feels really weird coming out of the mouth of someone who then proceeds to rape every almost every female character in the movie. Yeah, like I just I I I don't know. Like this movie, this movie I cannot find financial records about this movie. That's how badly it did. Like the closest I can find is this made like a couple hundred thousand Italian lira, which isn't even a currency anymore. So I can't like, (laughs) I I can't do a conversion, but like, like flesh for Frankenstein, the other movie made like 500,000 and this made like 300,000. So this movie did not do well and, and is not very widely released at all. So, so it didn't, it, it didn't do very well. So like later producers tried to pair this with a comedy or, or pair this as a comedy and would play it with young Frankenstein. And um, you mean flesh for Frankenstein? No, I mean, young Frankenstein, like Mel Wait, Brooks, what? Mel Brooks's young Frankenstein followed by blood for Dracula at like the Grindhouse. No, thanks. And it, it doesn't it doesn't no. work as a comedy. <laughs> like No. No. Gene Wilder being charming. Sure. This movie? Absolutely not. No. I don't want it. So I, I say all this to bring up the point, like, either this was a comedy and they switch halfway through and Mario's supposed to be the hero and uh-huh. and you watch Dracula die and it, it doesn't work in that way. Or what I actually think, like this this movie was always supposed to be like a tragedy and, and watch our, our tragic Dracula who is the most pathetic Dracula, like put to film. Um, oh, he's the worst. Watch he's the him, absolute worst. Yeah. Watch it. Watch his struggles and life is hard for him for an hour. And then he dies horribly. And it's a, it, it's a tragedy and it's a weird art piece. And neither of those achieve the thing that they're trying yeah. to do. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, like mm. this isn't even this isn't even Toxic Avenger. I can't even no. sit here and say the gore was good. <laughs> nope. I I sat here and I watched Udo Kier, who I really enjoy. He's he I, he's a really good 
uh, actor. He's very well known in Germany aside from this. And I was just like, you deserve better than this, buddy. And that was my biggest takeaway. Especially the scene where he's he's puking up non-virgin blood, which, yeah, okay. And I literally out loud said, God, girl, just put two fingers down your throat like everybody else when they're drunk. <laughs> Life wisdom from your podcast friend and mine, Stephanie Johnson. <laughs> okay. But also, we're going to make ourselves also, puke. <laughs> yeah, also, you're totally right. Also... Also, also, more life advice from your podcast friend and mine, Stephanie Johnson. Quick sex ed. Can I? <laughs> yeah. Quick sex ed. One, there is no, 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 no universal definition of virginity. None. It's a social construct. It changes based on society. There is no definition of it. So this whole, like, virgin blood, I'm like, well, but according to what? according to what society, according to what group of people, according to what religious text, because it changes. Two, hymens. So there is one point in the movie where the youngest daughter, like we said, the youngest daughter is, the youngest Di Fiore daughter is raped by Mario as an alternative to let me rape you or else you'll become a vampire. And they have sex. She is presumably a virgin And as is often shown in media, her hymen quote unquote tears and there's blood on the floor. So quick word about hymens. Hymens aren't a seal. There is no cherry to be popped. Uh, Hymens are a stretchy perforated membrane filled with any number of holes for bodily fluids to pass through. There are very rare cases of imperforate hymens in the world. It's but it's like one in a thousand and bleeding when a hymen haver loses their virginity is often due to perforation or to the perforation being stretched more than it is being torn. It's just being stretched more than it's ready for, like when you wear tights that are too tight for you, etc. So oh, no, no, use use your use your original use your original line. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so. For first-timers with insertive partners, this is why it's good to take it low and slow. Just like it's good to, you know, drive a stick shift low and slow up a very large hill, Andrew Bowell. For those of you who don't know what a personal specific attack that is on me, at your very wedding... At my nuptials. At your very wedding, I burned a hole in my stick shift... In its clutch plate, because I didn't know how to drive up a super steep hill, because I learned to drive in Florida. And if you want to hear that story, (laughs) I'm sure I've told it like several other times. (laughs) Go find it there. (laughs) Support us on Patreon for the full story. Okay. Yeah, there you go. There's a tear. And for more sex ed, please read Boo at Sex, a fantastic webcomic by Danielle Corsetto, Monica Gallagher, and Mae S. Keller. But that's where I learned... That hymens aren't a real thing for the very first time when I was 30 years old. Okay, I'm so I'm so glad you said that because I was going to have to be here and admit like I was I was today years old when I learned that that wasn't a real thing. Well, okay, so no, hymens are a real thing. It's just well, right, they're not, right. they don't tear during sex. Right. I think it's just like we've been told over and over and over in our culture, this is why it happens, but really why it happens is that 
people rush their first time because they're inexperienced and they want a reason for, oh my God, why is she bleeding? Let's make up a thing. So yeah, don't feel bad. Lots of people don't know about it. I didn't know about it. I learned about it through a webcomic. It's really terrifying to learn about how your own body works through a cartoon, but it's necessary <laughs> sometimes. And and that lesson is blood for Dracula's greatest contribution to society. Like there you go. Us in 2019, you, you talking about that is the best thing. This (laughs) 45 year old movie had to offer the world. (laughs) And you can find virgin virgin. Yes. Because of the Italian church, they need virgins for their marriages. Oh, it's such a terrible movie, Andy. So the best, the the best part, and I use that word incorrectly about uh, the the that scene is moments later, Dracula comes by and starved for virgin blood, gets on all fours and slurps up the broken uh, hymen blood. Uh, <laughs> the worst part of the movie i was screaming i i'm so glad i finished my sandwich by then oh my gosh i didn't even think your poor sandwich <laughs> um and the worst part about that is that it implies that like her her blood is like the last of her virgin blood so like the blood on the floor is like the last of her pure blood or whatever yeah. and i was like oh this especially makes it gross i don't like it yeah no this movie's icky this movie's straight up icky Since what else i will i don't i don't know if we're gonna have any better time to bring it up um this is much earlier in the movie when the count is attacking the first sister safira he's in his room and she like comes to bring him some food and he's like talking to her and, and he's being charming in the moment and she's getting a little like under his spell and like he, he gets on the bed next to her and he's staring at her neck and I need to know if I was the only one who got this, but it looked at me like he started jacking it. (laughs) (gasps) Ew. No, I did not. That was, Okay, so I'm alone in that. Interesting. There's my well, one. No, I I mean I I think I thought that he was convulsing. But okay. Cuz he so at points in this movie Dracula convulses when he's feeling weaker. But now that I'm thi- Oh my god, I think you're Cuz it's only that arm that convulses then. <laughs> Like, oh my god! Oh, it's zoomed in. It's zoomed in enough that like their torso up, you can't see anything. But I'm almost positive he's jacking it, and then he bites her, and you know has his sad tub barf time. Oh my god, that's the worst thing I've ever learned today. Yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of disgusting things, there's one line that's tossed away by the Marquis de Fiore. Um, who, by the way, is the worst. He has the worst accent. Nothing he says makes sense. I'm so he's glad you're strange. getting into him. I'm so glad you're getting into him. Go ahead. He's he's the worst. He There's one scene where he looks like Colonel Sanders because he's wearing a bow tie and a white suit. So that's a whole other thing. He leaves. And one of the things he says before he leaves is that he's getting the Count's urine analyzed couple things. Was urine analyzation a thing in the 20s? 
oh, you know, the phrenologists needed a new field to get into. Sure. Does a vampire have urine is thing number two. Thing number three, I need an entire scene that's just the Marquis de Fiore figuring out how to get Count Dracula's urine and him collecting it. That's how you make it a comedy. Like, <laughs> yes, I, that was the scene I needed. How how did he get his urine? Did he like do the thing where you put cling wrap over the toilet to like, you know, collect samples? I uh, I did not know that was a thing. <laughs> Oh, have you never pranked someone by putting cling wrap over the toilet bowl? No? What? You have? Um, Stephanie. I can, neither, I can neither confirm nor deny that I've done this. Stephanie. But let, me, let me tell you, it's a fun prank. <laughs> okay, I'll take your word for it. Because it makes a mess, it goes everywhere, and it doesn't actually make a mess that'll stay, and it just makes a stinky mess that you clean up with, like, Glade and Windex and paper towels. Okay. You've honestly never done this? Did you go to college? I've never heard of this. Yeah, so for our listeners, you take some cling wrap, um, about an amount that'll cover your toilet bowl, but not so much that will, like, stick over the sides to be noticeable. It specifically works if you live with a lot of dudes, and you just place it around the toilet bowl and then put the seat down and... Bada boom, someone gets up in the middle of the night and doesn't look and... You're just a font of information and <laughs> lessons today, aren't you? Uh, I guess. <laughs> I can't believe you've never done this prank. I thought everyone in America had done this at some I, point. This is this is one of the few instances where our life experiences greatly diverge because you, like, left your hometown for college and I'm still in that hometown. <laughs> five years but, later but also you have you have a brother so how is this not a thing i don't know we were too busy just like hitting each other with sticks i guess i don't know <laughs> that's true <laughs> <laughs> all right next week i'll show you how to post-it note someone's computer and how to dip someone's stapler in jello and talk about uh you know proper sex ed sex toy cleaning we got we to gotta establish a theme here. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, kids, if it's not dishwasher safe, don't put it in the dishwasher. There you go. Um, so my thing's not nearly as fun now. I was just going to bring up how that actor who plays the, the Marquise di Fiore is um, Italian film legend Vittorio De Sica, who had a 70-long acting career and was the director of Bicycle Thieves, which is maybe the greatest Italian film ever made. But I, I can't speak what? to I, I can't speak to whether or not he, you know, took a took a shit on, on his roommate's pillow and hit it or something. <laughs> what? What does that have to do with the price of eggs in China? <laughs> I just thought it was weird that like. Like the greatest Italian director of his generation was wasting his time doing this and apparently oh, writing, it? writing his lines like the 10 minutes before, like Ugh. this entire script is terrible. Oh yeah. You know, 
It's awful. I'm sorry to put you to so much troubles. I don't know anything about sex. I wish I did. But I don't. Sorry. Uh, is this cult? So, I mean, like I said with Toxie, like, it's not for us. It's it's not our kind of cult. It's not my kind of cult. It's not something I'm going to look fondly on. But, like, the, the whole reason it, it wound up on this list is somebody on IMDb considers it cult. That, that guy whose film review I read who liked the movie for some reason, he thinks it's cult. I, yeah. I, I'm going to say no. Like, I'm, I'm going to put my foot down and say this is not cult. This is not even watch it because it's bad level entertaining you know like the fact that the fact that andy warhol's name is attached i think fools a lot of people it certainly fooled me and i think and for that reason a lot of people are going to say it's cult but i'm going to say i think for the first time like we were tricked this is not a cult movie this is just a piece of crap yeah this is just it's just bad and i think this is when talking about cult movies can get hard because it's like, oh, it's little well-known. It didn't make a lot of money. It was made really quickly. It was made with a tiny budget. No one's ever heard of it. It must be cool. This is just bad. Right. It's just and not good. Like, it's it's a, it's a purely subjective thing, clearly. You know, maybe, maybe you watch this and make your own opinions, and while I respect the idea of doing that dear listener i encourage you not to like i'm i'm trying to do you a solid here but you know maybe somebody sees this and sees it's cult and feel free to debate me but this was just awful this was truly awful yeah yeah i wouldn't waste your what was it 90 minutes it's a tight 90 i think at Um, least at least that (laughs) at least it was a tight 90 if it had been two hours i would have turned it off Right. And, you know, we, we, we found plenty of jokes, but like we, we had to work for those jokes. Those jokes really weren't waiting there for us. No, I did. I did find a favorite quote, which is Mario petulantly saying, <laughs> I'm smart. I read books, too. And I swear <laughs> to God, he says it in that tone of voice. Right. Like <laughs> one of the kids I've babysat when they get their toy taken away. <laughs> So this is kind of a daily double. My, my quote is also from Mario, but it's not anything he specifically says as much as it's everything Mario says because (laughs) Joe D'Alessandro does his performance with a thick Bronx accent which makes and no sense. He has a line about how he's lived there in Italy since he was a kid. Like, cool. I, don't, I don't know. I'm going to go eat some spaghetti and then I'm going to, you know, rape a girl. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> I'm sorry. Rape jokes aren't funny. Rape jokes aren't funny. But that was hilarious. That was an accident joke. You're Okay. <laughs> Because that's who he is as a person. He's just terrible and brash and a rapist. Hey, by the bang, the star got it, and you're going to get yours too. Hey, like, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, it's the worst. It's the I'm worst. I'm not going to milk this accent, but. <laughs> <sighs> so I, I, I did yeah. find one thing that was quite wonderful, and I, I'd like to move us into our Oscars. 
and I specifically like told you, hey, please don't look up this thing. So there's a moment in the movie where like the count and I th- it's either Anton or Mario. They're like walking up the stairs and Rubina walks down and she's holding a book and they were like, oh, what do, what do you got there? And she's like, it's a book. It's called three weeks. It's really good. And like, okay, whatever. This movie couldn't hold my attention to the point where I was like, okay, movie, I'm going to look up what three weeks is. (laughs) Three weeks is a 1907 written erotic romance novel by Eleanor (gasps) Glynn. (laughs) You bring me the best presents. I know. The, the plot involves an English nobleman who has an affair with a Russian queen. Only he doesn't, he doesn't know she's a Russian queen. They, they have three, they spend three weeks having sex in the, in a cabin in the woods. And then she goes back to Russia and is murdered. And he like, that's when he finds out. Critical reception was negative in the United Kingdom and USA. The book was described as dull and stupid. (laughs) Boring, vulgar, and extremely silly. Oh. So I'm just sitting here like, okay, okay, you know what? If there was a party that Paul Morrissey was at while they were making this, and Andy Warhol walked up to him and was like, you know what you should put in your movie? I've been reading this 1907 novel called Three Weeks, and it's it's quite engaging. And that's his contribution. Then I totally get it. Like, well, and I find it funny that the the book and the movie are both terrible. Right. Oh my god, so, that's amazing. The best literary Easter egg in any movie I've ever seen. I give you this, Blood for Dracula. Thank you, Andy. What a true (laughs) gift you have just given me. I appreciate you. You're so welcome. My Oscar for Blood for Dracula goes to the Oscar for Best Supporting Actor to Anton's Eyebrows. And none of the rest of him, right? And none of the rest of him. He does some weird facial acting that is just bizarre. His eyebrows are the hardest working actor in this movie. Absolutely. This guy sucked. I instantly oh, hated him. He was the worst. He was just terrible. Yeah, no, that's, but that's, you know. that's fair. His eyebrow It's not his eyebrows' fault. They were attached to the rest of his face and his head and his weird brain that made these weird acting choices. I don't know if they were his acting choices. He might be a, an yeah. amazing actor, and Paul Morrissey gave him awful direction. I'm willing to give him that much of a doubt because he was just so weird. You know who isn't so weird, Andy? Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon. Cue the saxophone music. Yeah. So, would you like to start or shall I? Um, I'll I'll go ahead. I I this this is an old movie. This is the oldest movie we've we've watched on the show so far, and you know you really had to figure out how you were going to connect this to Kevin Bacon, but I I was able to do it through my my favorite actor in the film, Mr. Udo Kier, who again deserved better than this. 
um, he yeah. he would go on to play vampires like pretty regularly throughout the rest of I mean his career is still going, um, but he was in the original Blade with Wesley Snipes, who is oh yeah he's like he's not the bad guy that's actually Cecil B. Demented is the main bad guy in Blade, um, but. Wesley Snipes was in U.S. Marshals with Tommy Lee Jones, who was in JFK with Kevin Bacon. So I did it in three. I was very happy with being able to talk about Blade. (laughs) Okay, so for my Kevin Bacon, I have Joe D'Alessandro, who played Mario. Sure. Was in the Cotton Club with Diane Lane. Who was in My Dog Skip with Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon's in My Dog Skip? Like, I believe that. It's been a long time since I've seen My Dog Skip. Yes, let me pull up My Dog Skip on IMDb and tell you the character he plays. Full cast and crew. Remember Frankie Munoz? Um, I met his fiance. Oh. That's a whole random story for another time. Uh, Kevin Bacon plays Jack Morris. Oh, he's like second I build. I guess the, the dad? Yeah, he must be. God, my dog Skip. That that might go up on the list. I, I enjoyed that movie. Aww. So I might cut this out. I might not. But in case I don't, like, it's a little bit of behind the pod. Like, this is the first blind Kevin Bacon we did where, like, I used... I used initials and, and made it so that uh-huh. like we didn't know. So I was literally sitting here being like, what the, what the hell is T? What is TCC? Was what, what? What is, eh? <laughs> TCC W backslash DL. So I did the movie initials with the actor. Cause I was like, yeah. So TCC is the cotton club with yeah. Diane Lane DL. Little arrow sign, MDS, my dog skip, with KB, Kevin Bacon. Makes sense completely. No, I, <laughs> I enjoy the extra degree of uh, of gamesmanship and and not knowing. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Oh man, Speaking what a of movie! Not knowing. Yeah. <laughs> <gasps> yes. Well, Give like, so... me something good. So here's the okay, thing. So... I I toyed with the idea of. Okay, you know, this this movie is directly tied with Flesh for Frankenstein. They're called sister movies. And like before I started the movie, I was like toying with the idea of do we do we ignore the random number generator and do we like do we just watch Flesh for Frankenstein and maybe compare the two? And then I watched this movie and completely like decided I don't want to do that anymore for a couple reasons. <laughs> The first being, I don't want to subject us to two of two of whatever this is in a row. I'm I'm very terrified that Flesher Frankenstein is just as bad. The only thing I could find out on the IMDb, apparently it's gorier and like it's like it, it has it had an X rating when Blood for Dracula doesn't. So cool. that's a thing. I I don't want to intentionally just have us walk wade through any more of the muck than we have to. And also, like, we established Blood for Dracula was a time bomb. 
I'm assuming Flesher Frankenstein's also a time bomb. And now it's a time bomb that's going to sit there with Anaconda. And every time we roll, we're going to be like, <laughs> just slightly not worried. Flesh not Flesher Dracula. Not Flesher Dracula. <laughs> or Flesher Frankenstein. Not even Flesh for Dracula. But I guess that's a whole other thing. So I'm going to punish us and the listeners. I, I, no, I guess they're not punished. But I'm, I'm going to punish us and we're not going to watch Flesh for Frankenstein. Thank you. Well, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> so instead, we are going to stick with the formula. We are going to turn to the Hollywood crypt and see if it it takes our penance of watching this movie and gives us something a little better. Um, I have randomized the list of 314 movies. And we have... Number 177, okay. which is a movie I've never heard of called Down by Law by Jim Jarmusch. It is a 1986 drama. It was available on Canopy by time of review. And I think this stars Johnny Depp. Nope. I'm looking it up now. This stars Tom Waits. Ooh. Ooh. Two innocent people are arrested. An interesting third person with broken English joins them in their cell. On his idea, they decide to escape from the prison. Their journey is the rest of the movie. Okay. I, uh, I'm trepidatious because I'm going to be trepidatious for any movie in case it turns out to be another Blood for Dracula. Uh-huh. But this did get a much higher rating and and I really like Jim Jarmusch. I've I've seen uh Ghost Dog, Way of the Samurai, and that's actually a really amazing movie. And I'm willing to uh I'm I'm willing I'm willing to do this joint. And okay. I hope you are too. <laughs> I don't have much of a choice about it. I'm here anyway. Alright. Alright. Well, that's it for this edition of Cult Fiction. If you want to keep up, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Cult Fiction Cast. You can also follow, rate, and review us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. We'll close the crypt for now. But join us next time when Stephanie maybe escapes from the podcast uh, as we watch Jim Jarmusch's Down by Law. For Stephanie Johnson, I've been Andy Bowell. Hey, hey.